Hello and welcome to A Time to Live with Amanda Jane Cooper. Hey, that's me, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast exists to be a breath of fresh air just for you. And one thing I know for sure is that your time is really precious. So thank you for sharing it with me. And let's get into A Time to Live. Drum roll, please, y'all. And that's right, I said y'all, because we've got a Southern Belle on the podcast today. Everybody welcome Allison Bailey. Let's go. I'm so excited. Girl. So happy to be here. Um, Just so everyone knows, Allison and I are both wearing pink today. Yes. Are we surprised? No. Not at all. But her top has little pearls on it. Yes. Which I think is so apropos. Because she's a Southern gal. Yes, we always have pearls. In New York City. That's right. Um, Allison's story is amazing. Uh, She's a fellow Glinda. This we know. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before we dive into this episode. So, Allison Bailey is most known for her portrayal as Glinda in Wicked, both on the national tour and recently on Broadway, which we're going to talk about. Y'all, Allison started her role as Glinda in September 2019 on the national tour, and she was the Glinda to bring back the national tour of Wicked in 2021. An epic moment, and I'm so, I I wish I could have been there for that bubble dissension. (laughs) Um, And then recently, Allison made her Broadway debut as the Glinda standby. Can't wait to talk all about that. A true Southern belle from Pensacola, Florida, performing has always been a huge part of her life. She tiptoed into ballet class at age three, and after being cast in her first show at age seven, she hasn't left the stage since. After high school, she headed to the Boston Conservatory, where she got her Bachelor of Fine Arts in Musical Theater. No big deal. Okay, cool. (laughs) During that time, she performed at the New London Barn Playhouse with Music Man, Singing in the Rain, Les Mis. She worked up, shopped a proper place at Goodspeed Opera House. Very cool. After graduating from Boston Conservatory, she traded Fenway Park for Central Park. Oh, that's clever, girl. Thank you. (laughs) And she began living her dream in New York City. Throughout her first few months, she worked on two industry readings of the new musical Little Did I Know and auditioned her way through the city. And guess what, you guys? The rest is quite literally history and history in the making. Uh, You've also maybe seen her in several concerts at 54 Below, including 1776 and Heathers with Ingrid Michaelson. Everybody welcome Allison Bailey. Thank you so much. Girl, I just, I just, I am, I am such a fan of you. I'm your biggest fan. Well, that's very kind. But let me tell you guys, so Allison and I first met in 2015. Where? In Louisville, Kentucky. In Louisville. Louisville. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. (laughs) That was my rehearsal city for tour. And you had just joined like a month before? A month before. A month before. You guys, the graciousness, the hospitality, the warmth. I was like completely inundated by the joy of this woman and her support as I was like returning to the bubble after four years and, you know, all that comes with the preparation of doing that. I just was so steadied by your kindness. You are so sweet. You're so sweet. And I remember distinctly opening, because I opened... My, cause your when was your opening for Wicked? My opening was November fourth of twenty fifteen. So Amazing. I think you opened like a month after me in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Okay. 
And you left me this really sweet gift on my station. Oh, I'm so happy you remembered that. Oh, I was like, this girl just started herself and here she is gifting me things. We so gift. Bad. I'm Southern. <laughs> it's what we do. She, it's giving. Gifting. Gifting. <laughs> okay, I have some lightning round questions to start us off. Ah, okay, okay. So get ready. Okay. Here we go. Cupcakes or cookies? Cupcakes. Because you are a human cupcake. I love cupcakes. I love frosting. <laughs> go to audition song. Oh, goodness. Um, the Lovely from Anything Goes. Go to karaoke song. Oh, goodness. Something country. Yeah. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. How about before he cheats? That's what? always fun. Woohoo. Texting or calling? Calling. Yes. Are you a voice memo person? I love a voice memo. We should do it more. I really love voice memos. I love it too. Okay. Um, if you were an animal, what would you be? Like, what animal do you feel like you are most like? A dog. A poodle. <laughs> I have one. So I... <laughs> You answered that question so fast. I am such a dog person. And I love my poodle so much. So poodle. Oh, adorable. Um, favorite coffee or tea drink in New York City? Oh, matcha. A cha-cha matcha. They have a draft latte and it is my favorite. Amazing. Favorite book? Ooh, 100 Days to Brave, Annie Downs. Let's go, Annie F. Downs, we love you. Best childhood role that you played? Ah, uh, probably Annie, wearing the red wig. Girl, we share this. <laughs> Were you like 10? I was. I was fourth grade. Yes. So yes, I was 10. Girl, me too. I love it. Okay, uh, celebrity that you've been most starstruck to meet? Oh, goodness. To meet... I sat next to Ben Affleck in the airport when I was in 10th grade, and I was so starstruck, I could not speak. I was reading Animal Farm for school, and I was like, oh, gosh, what if he thinks I'm a nerd? And I'm like, Allison, he's not thinking. He's not thinking about you. So that's probably the most starstruck I was. What airport? LaGuardia. He was flying to Boston, and I was flying to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Very embarrassing, but very fun. Did you say anything? Oh, absolutely not. I could not speak. But he had his Boston hat on. He was reading his newspaper, as you do. I love this. But so starstruck. Could not speak. <laughs> I love it. Okay, what's a hot take or unpopular opinion that you have? Duh. I actually never read a Harry Potter book. <gasps> I don't know if that's a thing. Is that a hot take? Wow. I think that's a spicy take. Okay, yes. I've never read a Harry Potter book. Maybe Tell I should start. Because you just had, didn't get around to it or you just aren't into it? Or... You no, know, it's not because I'm not into it. I just never picked one up as a child. I don't know why. It wasn't because I wasn't allowed to read it. Right. But I just never read Harry Potter. I feel like you would really enjoy it. I think I would. I've been on the ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> She's been on the Did you have no idea what I was happening? I had no clue. And they looked like great people and so much fun, so magical. I had no idea what was going on. So I've never read Harry Potter, though. Oh, I love you. That's amazing. Love you. Okay. Um, cowboy boots or high heels? Oh, cowboy boots. Why not? I love a good high heel, but I love cowboy boots. Um, favorite country you've ever visited? And then where do you want to go next? Oh, my goodness. Greece, favorite <gasps> country. That was my first big girl trip wow. after college. Uh, it was my first vacation from Wicked. So I guess in 2016 with my mama. Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. Wow. So Greece, Greece, favorite country that I've ever visited. Where I want to go to next. Oh, goodness. I would love to go to London and Paris and all of the places, eat all the foods. Take the train. Um, Favorite song to sing in Wicked. Oh, goodness. I had to. This is oh. how we're going to wrap up this lightning I round. I love it. Uh, you know what? Popular. 
It's really fun. Amazing. It's so fun. We're also going to do fan questions at the end, and I'm inevitably that's going to be one of them. That so you can have a them. different answer at the end of this episode <laughs> if you want. I've had to change a heart in 50 minutes. <laughs> it's always changing. So I don't know. Do you feel that way? Yes, absolutely. So tell us about this whirlwind that you've had with Wicked these past few months. It's been such a part of your life ever since 2015. Will you just take us back and tell us the whole journey? No, it's so crazy. So I had understudied for three years and eight months, and then I left tour in June of 2019. So then I went on vacation with my family. We did this long national park tour. Adventure. Adventure, if you will. And you didn't have to worry about like, oh, what if I break my ankle? Yes. Yes. <laughs> all of the things. And um, so I made a self-tape there. And I told my agent, I was like, I only have like a sweatshirt. I don't have a dress or anything. Like just film the tape in a sweatshirt. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but then I, I sent it in. We sang the material, and then I never thought about it again. Wow. Um, and so when we got back from the trip the next day, I was booking my flight back to New York. I thought I was going to move back to the city at the time, and I got the call from my agent. And it was the – honestly, it was the most amazing, magical phone call of my life because my mom was there, <gasps> and she was crying. I was crying. It's just to be able to share that experience with my mom, who's seen the culmination of my life, who took me to every play practice and dance class and just to have that experience with her was so magical. Wow. So um, I started that contract in September of 2019. Wow. And then in March of 2020, we had to stop because of the COVID shutdown. Wow. And what was that? Were you, um, that was March 12th, right? That everything got shut down? It was. March 12th is, I believe, you know, I think. I think it was. It was Mar- It was March 13th, I think, for us. Okay. Um, the reason why I know is because, I, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I had thyroid cancer, and I found out the day before, and then by the next week, I had surgery on March 20th. Wow. So we shut down on the 13th of March. Wow. Oh, so, my gosh. Um, Can we take a little detour down that path? Yes. I feel like I just would love for you to share about that miraculous um, time yes. with your health, which was so, praise God that you're here. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful and I am so healed and it is such a blessing because I had no idea there was anything wrong at all. I went to a OBGYN routine appointment in January of 2020 and I, because you know when you're on tour, you pop in and out of your hometown, and you try to get an appointment for, you know, I need to get my teeth cleaned. I need to do this. And so this is just a part of the routine. And so I had seen a nurse practitioner I'd never seen before. And so she was just doing a normal, just check-in. And she said, do you have a thyroid nodule? And I thought, she was crazy. Huh. Because I was like, oh, no, I touch this part of my body all the time. It's my throat. It's my voice. Like, I'm good. And she's like, no, I would love if you go get that scene about or get your blood work drawn. So did she see it on you? She must have. I don't really know like, why she was led to touch my my throat. So she touched it and she felt something. She did. Wow. And so um, I was really taken aback by it. And so my mom was actually waiting in the car and she was kind of confused because she was like, she's a nurse herself. And she's like, well, you can go get your blood work drawn. But she's like, honestly, like you're lab results could be totally normal and there could still you could have thyroid cancer believe it or not and so I thought everybody was blowing this way out of proportion (laughs) and I was like oh I do not have time for this I am on tour I am home for a day and um so the next city was Columbia South Carolina I ended up getting an ultrasound there I had a cousin that lived there so she went with me so sweet and they 
the ultrasound said, check in six months, you're fine. But for some reason, my mom and I just didn't feel settled. She was just like, I just don't know. Your next city is in Baltimore in three weeks after Columbia, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. She said, why don't you go to Johns Hopkins and get it seen about there? Wow. Just because there's such a world-renowned hospital. And so um, my doctor, Russell, um, he did an ultrasound on me, and he's like, I just don't think this looks wonderful. So he said, let's get a biopsy. And so I was like... Guys, seriously, no time for this. <laughs> like, I'm fine. I'm fine. We had the creative team coming because it was so close to New York. Right. And he said, I'll make a deal with you. At the very end of your stay in Baltimore, if you'll do it that last weekend, if you think you can sing and get through the weekend, if there's swelling with your biopsy, at least it'll be the weekend and you're almost out of the city. And I said, okay, fair deal. So I got it done, I think, on like a Thursday. And there was swelling, but I was just, like, chugging Tylenol. And um, he said, you know, I think you're going to be fine. He said, I just – this is just to make sure that everything was good, you know, just mm-hmm. to be on the safe side. So by this time, I was in Madison, Wisconsin. So we've gone from January to March. And he called me right before sound check, And he's like, hey. He's like, I just wanted to get back with you about your results. Um, and he said that you actually have cancer. So that was – the last thing I expected him to say um and we went from it's gonna be totally fine to okay now we need to think about your treatment care about how to really you know a plan of attack on this um and so so you're like at sound check I'm at sound check and what do you you get the call and then they're like okay everybody on stage or what what did you do well I'm such a worker bee because then I you know I called my mom to let her know and I said I have to go to sound check and she said Allison you don't (laughs) you you don't go to sound check honey um and so you know because I'm just like you just got to keep going through you know and um so they were very gracious and let me not do sound check so that I could three-way my doctor and my mom on the same phone call just so that I had peace of mind because like I said my mom's a nurse so I she's not only my mama but she also has a little bit of medical background which I do not have and um we basically just came up with an idea and he said you know whenever you can have surgery that would be wonderful and I was like well you don't understand like I'm on my dream contract I just don't understand why this is happening now Mm. you know And there was a time I vividly remember in my dressing room looking in the mirror. (laughs) And I'm not a big crier. I'm really not. But I was so overwhelmed. And I just had – it was already at 15 minutes till the show. I had my wig on. I had my crown on. And my makeup obviously was on. And I was by myself. And I just had tears streaming down my face. And I was like, I've never felt this low in my life. I felt like I was at rock bottom. Mm. And I couldn't figure out why – you know, we don't know a lot of the answers that the Lord – puts in our life you know sometimes it just doesn't make sense and it may never make sense on this side of heaven sometimes but I could not figure out why the Lord put this in my life at that time Mm. so the craziest thing is that we did a show that night it was a Wednesday it was the opening of that week so we had two shows on Thursday by this time Broadway had shut down um, but obviously we were in Wisconsin. We didn't know the severity of anything going on with, you know, COVID-19 or the pandemic or anything like that. So we thought we were just continuing business as usual. Right. Um, and so we got a, basically a message telling us on Friday that we were shut down at least for two weeks, um, which is so silly now that we know it ended right. up being 16 months, um, at least for the tour. 
And I immediately called my doctor and I said, hey, so actually I don't have to be at work in two weeks. (laughs) Do you have availability for surgery? (laughs) And he said, the Lord must have heard your prayers because he said, I never have availability. Usually he's booked out three months in advance. And he said, I actually have an availability for next Friday. If you can get up to Baltimore next week for me to be able to, you know, do another ultrasound, see if there's any kind of spread in your lymph nodes, and then... Let's try to make this happen. So we did. And it was so much, gosh, I felt like a shell of a human for that week. And I feel blessed that I only had a week to wait for surgery Mm. just because it they would call and say, hey, we have to cancel. Uh, You know, we're not we're only having um, surgeries that's like of imminent need. Mm. And the thing with thyroid cancer, yes, it's cancer, but it's also slow growing. Mm. So if there was somebody with more of an important need, they absolutely would, you know, put them first, which is totally understandable. So it was just back, you know, off and on, off and on. Um, Safety regulations with COVID, didn't know anything. So I had my surgery that Friday and um, I healed. You know, it it took a while to heal. Um, I don't have a scar um, because um, actually my doctor came up with a really incredible method where he went through my mouth Wow. So I have a scar internally. I, I feel it every day on the other side of my mouth. But um, so that's why I don't have a scar. But um, so I just I healed that way. Wow. But yes, completely, totally fine. Never had to have a day of chemo or radiation. I still have half my thyroid. They took out one side. Wow. Um, oh, my God. So very thankful and very blessed that the world literally shut down. And who knows what would have happened if you had... Right, if it had been revealed to you even a month later. Right, right. Wow, Allison. Oh, my God. And the timing was totally God. I mean, y- you know our industry show so well. It doesn't shut down for anything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a pandemic, that would be a, a massive cause for that. But, you know, the timing of it was just, you. I just had to sit and weep and say, oh, my goodness, like the Lord knew exactly what he was doing. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. And so was that for you, like, when you came back on tour, when you, I don't know, oh, my gosh, I'm going to start crying. Like, thinking about you coming back after COVID and everything that you'd been through and everything that the Lord brought you through. And you're up there in the bubble with this scar that only you can, you know, know is there. And you're just, it's like this internal um, physical uh, evidence of his faithfulness. And you're just coming down in your dream role and after the world has gone through so much suffering like what was that like for you it was so overwhelming because it wasn't just a celebration for me saying oh my goodness look what the lord has done but having an you know an audience of 3000 of our closest friends <laughs> who were so excited to be there too and uh, you know we made it to the other side and um just such a joyful moment I don't think, though, maybe my wedding day, maybe the birth of my children. (laughs) But there was so much joy that day. It was just a memory I'll never forget. I had my parents there. And um, just God's so faithful. He really is. Did that last line hit so different for you? Oh, my goodness. The final. We have been through a frightening time. Mm -hmm. Yes, because collectively collectively we had. Um, Everybody had gone through, you know, obviously their own individual experiences, but we all collectively had fear and panic for the past, you know, at that time it had been 16 months. Um, so yes, it re- there was a lot more gravity to it for sure. Totally. 
And if you've never seen Wicked, which you should, go get your tickets Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. <laughs> the final line, well, the final line that Glinda says is, fellow Ozians, we have been through a frightening time. And there will be other times and other things that frighten us. <laughs> but if you'll let me, I'd like to try to help. I'd like to try to be Glinda the Good. Ah, I love you. <laughs> I love you. And no, it's it, but it really was. It's it's so interesting when you think about the different chapters that I've been able to have with this show. I know. You know, starting at 23 as an understudy and then now I'm 31. <laughs> and, um, Amazing. Just different life experiences to kind of bring through each of those chapters. Totally. So you you uh, wrapped on tour. Remind us, when was your closing night of Glinda on tour? March 20th, 2021, so this past year. Wow. And that is so beautiful. Yeah. I love how he does that with dates for us. I know. That's beautiful. And you have dates, too, with your show. December 9th, yeah, is meaningful. Wow. So, tell it, can you give us a behind behind the emerald curtain of <laughs> your past whirlwind, like, two months? It's been wild. Okay, so tell us what happened. So completely wild, completely unexpected. I had just been in the city. My mom sang at Carnegie Hall with our church and right before Thanksgiving. Go, Mom. Go, Mom. So proud of her. And it was so special because she always has seen my performances. And it was the first time I'd ever seen her on stage and singing. And it was so special. <laughs> Carnegie Hall. At Carnegie Hall. So we went home for Thanksgiving. Um, and I thought I was wrapping up my year at home in Florida. I was really excited. And um, I got a phone call that asking if I, if I could be ASAP for standing by on Broadway for Glinda. And obviously that's the dream. It was my Broadway debut. I've never been on Broadway before. And um, in Wicked, uh, and just the best. <laughs> yeah. So exciting. And so um, I think I got a phone call on a Thursday, and I was in New York City at rehearsal on Monday. Well, about, I'd say, an hour before I had my first rehearsal, my agent said, hey, <laughs> listen, um, there's a lot of illness going on on the tour. Um, did you know? And I said, oh, no, I, I didn't. Because honestly, I was in like, pack up your life. Let's move to New York, you know, for this period of time during the holidays. Yeah. And he said, so they were seeing if you were interested in going to cover for the tour for the week. And then they'll send you right back to New York. And I said, you promise I can still have my debut? <laughs> you promise? <laughs> you, you, Pinky promise. You promise? And um, so just a complete dream to open up the Kennedy Center that week. What? So I had seven shows in D.C. And so um, I finished on a Sunday. They flew me that morning. And then I had a rehearsal on Monday. <sighs> And that was it. <laughs> we can't make this stuff up. This is like Broadway dreams right here. Broadway dreams. And that weekend, what's so crazy is I graduated with my master's in business <laughs> and took my final that weekend. So Won't he do it? He and, will. And what can't she do? Oh, I don't know about that. A lot of things. Well, listen, this is, this is crazy. So you made your Broadway debut. Well, sort of. You were in rehearsals for a Broadway debut. Yes. You get flown down to D.C. You open the touring company for an entire week at the Kennedy Center, dream location. You fly back to New York, you make your Broadway debut as a standby, and you got your master's. My master's in between. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you girl, that is amazing. It was crazy. We had a show on Wednesday to Thursday. We only had one show on Friday and then double show Saturday, double show Sunday in DC. And so I was like, when can I take this final? And I was like, Friday morning. This is my time. So I took my final and I was so excited coming to work because I knew I was done with school. <laughs> oh, 
my gosh. And you're still at the Gershwin. You're gonna you're I'm there. still at the Gershwin. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so amazing. Tell us about what is it like at the Gershwin? Are you loving it? Every single second of it. It's Best. a dream. Because I saw the show there in 2005. So I was 13 when I saw the show. Oh. Um, still remember where I sat. I can see it. So, and when I walk by, every time I come into work, because, you know, the curtain's always up. And so you walk to the dressing room, and I always look out, and I'm like, there she was. She was sitting right there. Wow. Um, so, very cool. It's magical. Everyone's so nice. It's a great company, right? So nice. The team, the crew, everybody, management, the cast. Yes. How about that rake? The rake is different. The rake is different. So if you if you know what we're talking about, we're talking about the stage on tour is flat. The stage on Broadway is at an incline, which is called a rake. And so, especially for Glinda's, getting used to that with your heels and yes. with your 20-pound dress and everything. Um but, but it's fun. It kind of makes it... A little topsy-turvy. It's a little topsy-turvy. It's us. It's, it's, it is. It yeah. is. Completely. You know, I was saying to um, my sweet dresser, Jess, when yes. I was on the other day, I was like, it kind of feels like Alice in Wonderland. It's just everything's just a little topsy-turvy. Yes. And um, it's just, it's very fun, but it's different. It definitely is taking a hot second just to get used to. For sure. And also like running down to the trap level and yes. running up to the bridge level. Yes, because we don't have trap doors on tour. Right. And so that's always different. So I'm like, oh my goodness, these girls are working for their cardio today. <laughs> Girl, listen, <laughs> it's convicting when you're like, oh wow, <laughs> I gotta hoof it. Okay. And I'm out of breath. Yes. I'm like, I need to hop on one of my cycle bikes. <laughs> I know. It's, a, it's a good thing that the scenes that you do have to enter, you know, from coming up the trap is not like, oh, just relax scenes at least it's high stakes so that you being out of breath makes sense it makes total sense and yeah. I you know I this is gonna sound kind of weird but I kind of love it yes it, it does kind of propel you into the next scene totally and um I don't know I just had never experienced it before girl you are a superhero I am not I'm really not <laughs> no but like going down and doing tour and then coming in and doing all this stuff it's amazing um tell us about this master's degree yes Oh my goodness. She really is Elle Woods, okay? Um, so I started school in January of 2021, and so it was a two-year program. Wow. I guess just during the the shutdown, um, I realized I was like, my education is something I can control, and why not further my education while I have the time? Wow. And I've learned a lot of life skills. What kind of inspired you to choose that degree? You know, I have always loved school. I know that sounds very silly, but I was just such a bookworm in high school. I was on the mock trial team. Nice. I loved school. Um, and I had not taken a math class since my 11th grade year. I didn't even take math my senior year because it was like a college algebra class. And so I tapped out of that. And I knew it was going to be very math-based. And I knew it was going to be difficult, but I was like, you know, I think there's some life skills that I can learn in this degree, like economics and statistics about killed me. But <laughs> <laughs> but you did it. But we did it. We did it. And um, I just think there's a lot of useful things. One of my um, capstone projects was on pharmaceutical manufacturing and basically talking about, you know, stocks and leaders within that industry. I just learned a lot and I will never take that for granted that I was able to have that opportunity. Wow. So you kept it kind of low profile. You weren't public about it online or anything like that. And that was an intentional choice to sort of, um, yeah, just tell us about that. You know, I did. I kept it really low profile, not because it was some big secret or anything yeah. like that. It was just because, honestly, I didn't know if I'd finish. I didn't know if I would be able to, you know, it was a self-paced remote course. 
And I didn't know if I would have the gumption and the (laughs) self-will to sit down and actually commit to it. But, you know, what's interesting is when you pay for your education (laughs) and you become an adult, you go, we're going to we're going to stick to this and we're going to see this through. (laughs) We're going to see this through because my bank account has seen it through. And so I'm going to see it through. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But I just I kept it low profile just because, you know, it was one of those things I just wanted to finish. And I knew I'd be able to share and celebrate once I had completed it. But Wow. It was a really interesting two years. That's for sure. amazing, girl. Okay, so are we going to see like an Allison Bailey LLC? Are we going to see new companies coming from you? Are we going to be an entrepreneur? Boss girl, what's happening? You know, and that's what's silly is I really don't know. I think, right. I think that's amazing and I love it and I love, you know, business and the marketing side of that part of the industry. But I don't really know what I'm going to use it for. Um, so to be D on TBD. what that's going to be. Um, so I, like I said, I know that sounds so silly. I don't really know what I'm going to use it, but. I don't think it's silly at all. I mean, you have this whole other amazing <laughs> career going. Yes. And so it's just phenomenal that you even did this. And like you said, you learned so much just as a person. So inevitably it's going to, to help you in your career as an actor. And then who knows, maybe God will open the door or give you some idea for something else to start. Absolutely. And that's what the Lord is so good at. He opens doors and makes it known <laughs> when you don't even have an idea yourself. Um, so we will see. Hopefully I'll use those life skills, though, with banking and all the adulting things. <laughs> I'm going to call you, girl, and be like, Allison. Allison. I got a question. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> as we were as we were chatting about all these different life seasons that you've, you've got to play Galinda, tell us about what has it been like to explore her in different chapters, both personally and artistically? That's a great question. Because it's been eight years. Years? Eight years. Wow, girl. Because when I started at 23, I was so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and it was my first equity card job. Wow. And um, to think back, you know, I was so young. I really, you know, I was very young when I started, and as were you. I believe the very first time that yeah. you started your clinic contract, I was so young. Nice. And, um, you know, I just, I... I was grateful then. I was so excited, but I don't think I had the life experience that I do now. And that's what's so wonderful about getting older is that you do have life experiences. You go through sometimes heartbreak or breakups or loss or celebrations Mm -hmm. and um, you gain more wisdom. And I think that's what's great about acting is that you take your life experiences and you bring that the character and that's what makes your character unique because it's also you at the same time yeah so yeah I I think that just living life has really changed over the different chapters what dimension of her do you feel like you understand more deeply than you did at the beginning oh gosh act two Mm. you know and she like I'm not that girl and but happy is what happens when all your dreams come true Mm. if you've seen the show you know that that's that's kind of like a double-sided statement at face value, yes, happy is what happens when all your dreams come true. My dreams come true. It's the happiest. But there's also a caveat to that. What are the cost of those dreams coming true? Yeah. Um, so I think for sure the older that I've gotten, Act 2 has become more relevant mm. for me just with life experiences. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, and I wanted to also talk about your life, your faith walk, your your life uh and journey of faith. So I'm curious, because I know it's a, a really important part of your life and it's center to your life today. Was it always like that or, or what's your kind of um, 
journey been spiritually? Yeah, you know, I was so blessed because I was raised in a Christian home. We went to church on Sunday. I went to a Christian school, a small private Christian school. I had four boys in my class. (laughs) It was very teensy. There were 17 of us. (laughs) How many girls? So 13, 13 girls, four boys. (laughs) What a dynamic. Very small class. Um, And so um, my junior and senior year, I eventually went to public school and I graduated with like a class of 500. Mm -hmm. So I definitely ended up going to a bigger C, but um, for a very long time, I was raised in a small Christian school, but I'm very thankful for that time because we always had Bible class for 45 minutes a day, and th- that was such a great way for the Word to be rooted into my life. Um, but I think when I went to college, I had to make that decision for myself because mm. I no longer had my family going to church with me. That was a decision that I had to make personally. Right. And then you say, okay, do I believe this just because that's what I was raised in or is this a choice of personal faith? And um, and that was hard because I didn't always have like I, I being surrounded by Christian friends. Um Sometimes it was a little bit difficult to find a church in Boston that at least was close because as a college student, I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So, you know, outreaching to churches outside of the city was a little bit more difficult. Um, once I moved to New York my first year, that became a little bit more accessible because you have the subway. Yeah. And you're able to find a community here, which is so wonderful. Um, but, you know, definitely even being on the road for seven years figuring out when I can go to church in like a different city or will I just podcast and listen to my home church that my family's listening to. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very thankful that my faith has been a huge stronghold in my life, but it definitely, I think, shifted when I went to college that I had to make that personal choice because I knew it was just me that was, you know, having to make that personal profession of faith. And you feel like, I'm curious as a kid, like, did it just kind of, did the idea of and the person of Jesus just feel so real to you as a kid? Do you feel like, um, I don't know, because I, I had an interesting upbringing. Sure. Or I, I was like also brought up in church, but I feel like for me, I didn't grasp it the way that you seem to have. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? What do you feel like that was that just really sunk in as, oh my gosh, okay, God is real. I can trust him. I need him. Um, Jesus loves me. How do you, well, I don't know. Is there, do you have any thoughts on that as how that sunk into you as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm sure a lot of children also go through the same experience. I think probably for me, there was a couple instances in my life that you could, nothing else made sense except saying that had to have been God. Mm. And so having those experiences you know, growing up, then that started to click for me. And um, I think I had to definitely base that off of like having talks with my mom or having talks with like, you know, vacation Bible school and my church leaders are in Sunday school class and really digging into like asking those questions. Because I think also when you become a teenager, that's when, you know, I think um, you, you really do differentiate that it's not just a Bible story, like Jesus actually like lives in your life and yeah you know you feel him in his walk every single day mm-hmm. and I, I think you're exactly right there is a shift there and so it's like when did that happen and I don't know probably in my teenage years is that's when I started to have instances and I was like okay nothing could have made sense except that had to have been God mm-hmm. I just I felt his presence with me wow that's amazing I know there's a lot of power in storytelling and so I'm curious if you would tell us a story or two about um, 
God's faithfulness in your life. And I mean, you've already shared such epic, I mean, what a testimony with your health and the timing and um, him just really having his hand on you and and being a healer. Um, I'm just curious what else comes to mind about things that Jesus has helped you overcome. Yeah, you know, when I talk about instances that happened even in high school, like when I was a teenager, Amanda, I was not the most incredible musical theater student. <laughs> I didn't know what a Leduca was. I came from Pensacola, and Pensacola is not the smallest town, but it's a smaller town. It's for sure not like this big metropolitan area. And so my mom was so sweet. She put it, you know, in me in dance classes and voice lessons. She tried to give me every resource possible, but that didn't necessarily mean though that I was like the star dancer or star singer. Um, I had no idea really what I was doing because I didn't go to a performing arts school and um, I applied to like nine colleges for school Um, because again had no idea what I was doing all theater all theater and you knew you were like I'm I'm going to musical theater school I just don't know if I'm going to get in when I applied for colleges I've been accepted into a few but not really competitive schools. And I was like, oh, goodness, what am I going to do? Because I was so gung-ho into Mm. going to Boston Conservatory or a school that was, you know, well-represented up in the Northeast because I thought that was Broadway. It was, you know, (laughs) if you're not up Northeast near New York, it's not Broadway, Um, which is totally not true. Um, The way you say Broadway. Broadway. And um, so the very last school that I heard from was BOCO, Boston Conservatory that had been accepted and it was like March 26th for some reason they do their acceptances the rollout so late and um, obviously that was a changing pivoting moment in my life but it showed God's faithfulness for me because it was like trust me because all of my friends they knew where they were going to school like Mm -hmm. October November they had the sweatshirts they were so excited and I'm over here like I'm just happy to be here (laughs) I have no idea where I'm going Um, and that just shows that God's faithfulness is that he's so good he's like just trust me and you know, I was coming up with backup plans like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do if I don't get into another school and um, with a school that I want to? And so I was coming up with all of these ideas. And the Lord must have been like, Allison, like, if you, you just got to hold on, girl. <laughs> wow. Because I have a better plan. What was that like opening the – was it an envelope or was it, it online? It was an email. And I was actually <gasps> in the state mock trial championship, <gasps> which we did win that year <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. Um, and so it was so funny because I had a few of my teachers in there and my mom was there because she was visiting because it was like a very exciting time and everybody you could just like hear a pin drop when I was opening it because I think there was two people in the room that were very convinced I wasn't getting accepted (laughs) oh you know it's hard it's hard sometimes to get into school Mm. and um and then I had my mom who she didn't even know what but she was obviously hoping and praying that I would and um just such a sigh of relief and so exciting wow because that probably was the very first like good celebratory news that I had had in my life you know when you book a job now like this is very exciting but before then you know if you got into community theater it was wonderful but it wasn't a a life-changing experience I knew getting into college was going to be a life-changing experience wow and again, to have your mom there. Yes, again. Wow. Mom has been there for the big monumental time. She was there when I had my call for Broadway. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so basically you've learned you've learned over the years to surrender yeah. your story. Which isn't easy because I am a planner through and through, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Like complete, I love to have control over my life in some way. And 
I am not the most patient person and the Lord is so patient and he teaches patience. And, um, I feel like every single time that I am wrapped around the axle and I just want to control something, I ha- God has given me these instances in my life to say, Allison, just just go through, <laughs> go through these pages and see how I have made this so evident that I will come through and I will see it through. Mm. And um, He has, and so it's it's taken me a while to learn <laughs> that, but um, the Lord has definitely taught me some lessons. Amen. And I'm curious. Over the pandemic, when everything was unknown, and still, I mean, we, I think what we learned from that time is that we, th- we think we know more than we do even yes. now. But when everything was so up in the air for you, do you feel like God led you through any kind of identity stuff with, with being an actor and, and having that um, sort of ground shaken a bit or what was that like for you? Absolutely because the first few months I was just healing from surgery and so I think once I got to the six month mark I had had my ultrasound and knew I was clear and that was such a godsend I was like all right time to go back to work. (laughs) (laughs) Allison we're gonna title this episode uh the workhorse. Yeah. The cutest little workhorse <laughs> with, that you've ever did see with pink bows in her hair. <laughs> Time to get back to work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, um, you know, but there, there was no work to be had at the time. You know, we were mm-hmm. still shut down, and it was still a very scary time. And um, so, yes, I think that's when the wheels started spinning for me. That's when I applied to school mm. because, obviously, I started school in January, but I needed to apply in the fall just to be able to be accepted and get into the program. And I think that's when my wheels started turning because I was like, I just can't sit still. And I think doing school was a great way of sitting still because it grounded me of having to take classes, shift my brain in a different way. And, um, but it was hard. It was, it was difficult not singing. I had been touring for, at that time, five years, five and a half years. Every day. Every day, you know, repacking a suitcase every month or every Mm -hmm. few weeks and, um, playing Tetris with my clothes in my suitcase. And, um, but I had always been on the go. And all of a sudden, it was, there's nowhere to go, you know? And um, I think I learned a lot and I grew as a person because I spent so much time with my family. I was so thankful that I had a family to go home to mm-hmm. and have a home to go to because I realized there's a lot of people that did not. And um, it was an isolating time, even just being at home with my family. So I can't even imagine what other people were going through. But my grandfather lives four doors down from my family, and he is 89 years old. And I treasure that time because I was able to spend time with him and have family dinners together and time that I would have never had when I was touring. And um, I think I grew just as a person personally because I had that family time. Yeah. Did it affect your voice? For sure. Um, I laugh because I thought after surgery, after two weeks, I would be ready to go. (laughs) The reality of it, I still had stitches in my mouth at two weeks. Would I have tried to have sung a full show? Yes. (laughs) So that was was his grace that there was no show to be due. Which is so embarrassing that I actually thought that, like, I could sing a show with stitches in my mouth. That would have been so silly. But honestly, it took me... I would say a good nine months for my voice to shift in because the way that the surgery was performed is that it, it cuts through a lot of muscle in your throat. Um, and it's kind of funny because Dr. Russell, he's like, oh, I thought it would be so simple because you're so petite. And he said, I just thought that would be so easy. But as a singer, we have so much muscle and 
it's like he said it was like a bodybuilder. He really? said it was so dense. And he said I was like, "Oh my gosh, am I going to scar her because this it was supposed to be it, the surgery obviously it, it's a more in-depth surgery and it takes about 2 hours, but I think I took like 3, 3 and a half. I mean, it was a long in-depth surgery and my poor mom was in the waiting room freaked out. Um Wow. But that it, is isn't it weird? It's so weird. And so, you know, that's a lot of so with that muscle it takes time to heal. And um so it took a good nine months for finally, like, you know, my muscles to finally just, it, just one day it just clicked. I almost just felt my larynx just go right back into its place. But wow. for a while, no, it, it took a long time to take voice lessons and build up that stamina again. And um, that was just the grace of God that I had that time. I was going to say, yeah, that you had those months. Yes, and then once my voice started to feel back to normal, then I had that time to continue to build up that stamina of knowing that eventually one day we'll be able to do eight shows a week again. Wow. To prepare to go back to tour, to open the tour after the pandemic, how did you train yourself to get physically ready? Did you sing through the show every day leading up? or? Yes. It was a weird regime that I kind of went through, but for a while I would sing like on just at the very preliminary. I'd say I probably started like, two months prior mm-hmm. I would sing one act a day so one day I'd sing the first act and then the next day I'd sing the second act and then after I felt like that was pretty comfortable then I would start every other day I'd sing the full show and then eventually I would start singing the full show every day wow so just trying to build that up because obviously you just don't want to throw that on your voice just being like we're gonna sing two and a half hours today and you're gonna like it <laughs> <laughs> and you know it, it takes time and again patience this is not my strongest suit having to have that patience to be like okay Allison like you know you're not gonna be able to run a marathon all mm. of a sudden same with somebody that's had a knee surgery it takes them time to get back up and running again totally and, and the discipline that you had to take those those steps yes and to care for yourself yes absolutely amazing Matthew 10, 29 through 31, are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet none of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered, so do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Yeah. There's a song, too, that I love. His Eyes on a Sparrow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then also Sparrows by Corey Asbury. Yes, that's what I was just thinking about. I love that song song is like all over your life. I, I feel it too. I really do. Wow. And then, of course, the actual, the old hymn that his eyes on the sparrow. Do you know it? Oh, goodness. Can you sing a little bit of it? I don't think I can. <laughs> Let's listen to Whitney. Let's I listen to say, Whitney. Hold on. I don't think I can do it justice. Oh, friend, friend is 
he watches oh, over me. <laughs> Whitney sang it for us. Oh, <laughs> Whitney, oh my gosh. I hope that blessed you guys. It blessed me. That blessed that me. For sure. For sure. So good. Is there an anchoring Bible verse for you right now? And why? Yes. You know, I have to tell you, you sent me a few Bible verses before I went back on tour. And it blessed me so much. I cannot tell you. I literally would open up your text message. Really? And I would go through and read them for the before the show, at least for the first month. Because, oh you know, there was so much uncertainty just because it was our first time back in 16 months. And um, it wasn't necessarily that I was fearful, but I'm a nervous person by nature. I just am. And it just gave me so much peace to be able just to read that. And so I can't thank you enough how much you blessed me. Of course, um, and one, there are two verses from me that I keep repeating daily right now is Joshua 1.9. Mm-hmm. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not fear, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God you're with you is wherever you go. And that has really resonated with me because that's not a suggestion from the Lord. That's a command. The mm-hmm. Lord has commanded us. And... That kind of reinforces to me, it's like, Allison, you can worry, (laughs) but the Lord has commanded you. He has suggested, he has commanded you to not fear him uh, or not to fear. And um, so that really has resonated with me. Also, 2 Timothy 1, 7, um, that the Lord, or we are not to have a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Yeah. For the Lord has got not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yes. And I repeat that on the daily. <laughs> yes. Just because, you know, I worry and I, I do have fear sometimes. And that just really calms me just to know that the Lord has, he has control. If it hasn't been as evident in my life and so many others, mm. that just repeating his words and that just reinforces how much. We are not to fear and just to trust him. Every day. When Do you I was, really? When I was back in February specifically. Yes. Yeah. That is the verse that I kept repeating over and over, especially for my first show at the Kennedy Center, just yeah. not having done it in nine months. And it was it was so exciting. But also, you know, you have those like little flutters and you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Power, the, love. Yes. Sound, and the sound, sound mind. mind. Yeah. Not a spirit of fear. Yeah. So good. Um what daily habits brings you life? Oh, goodness. Well, speaking of the word, because I do. I actually do my Bible study at night um, right before I go to bed. Wow. I know a lot of people do it in the morning. Um, maybe that's a better routine, but I do. It's the last thing that I do before I go to sleep. Because That sounds really healthy and great. I love to uh, scroll mindlessly on social media. And so I make it a full stop. <laughs> we are going to stop scrolling and this is now time for us to do the Bible. Amen. Um, and so that really has been a great habit for me just because that's when I go to sleep at night, it calms my um, racing mind and I fall asleep very quickly. That is such a good habit. I do. And if I don't do a full devotional. I try to have a plan and I love my Bible app and just try to read through a devotional at least through the night. Mm-hmm. I will at least read the daily verse of the day just so that I end my day with some kind of scripture and try to just that to be the last thing that I see on my, at least my phone for the evening. Yeah. Um, that's powerful. Um, I just think about maybe folks that are listening who 
might not have the same faith yeah. or are maybe wondering about Jesus, what would you say, like, why Why do you choose Christ? Why do you trust him? For me, I can't imagine my life without the Lord. Um, thank goodness that I've spent most of my life believing and um you know, prior to being age seven before I gave my life to Jesus. Mm. Um, so I've been really blessed for that. But I have had so, there have been many trials in my life and there's been a lot of hardships. But knowing that I've had the Lord to walk with me and hold me during those times, I can't imagine not having him. Um, it's so, there's so much hope yeah. at, at being able to know that I have the Lord. Um and I, I, just, I feel his presence. I do. I really feel his presence every day. And mm-hmm. when there are hardships in my life, just being able to just stop whatever I'm doing and pray. And um, for me, that I'm so thankful that I have the Lord in my life. Amazing. I love you. I love you. I'm really glad you came in to chat with us today. And guess what? Other people are as well because we've got some fan questions. Oh, my goodness. From the Instagram. On stage mishaps. Oh, my goodness. Two definitely come to mind. I have definitely fallen right on my face going off stage. <laughs> um, opening of the show, I stepped backwards two steps. So I'm running off stage quickly. No. And it was like slow motion. I could just see my sweet, precious hairdresser, Andrea, at the time on tour. And she's looking at me like, oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> this is after the opening. You're going to do a quick change? Yes. Oh, no. And I just, like, I think half of my feet still were on stage, and I just look like a cupcake. <laughs> and then you could just see them, like, pulling me off. <laughs> so that definitely was a mishap, definitely on my end. Oh, um, amazing. Um, do you have a favorite costume in the show? Bubble dress, hands down. Hands down. I dreamed about that dress. Granted, I have not had a wedding yet, but I have dreamed about that dress probably longer than I have my wedding dress. <laughs> it is just the most beautiful blue sequindy ball gown, and there's nothing like it. It's the best. And, and they fit it to you so well. Yes. And you've got that sort of hip girdle, which actually makes the dress feel not that heavy. And I have to add this, before my dress was done on tour, I wore yours. <gasps> so I had a little piece of you with me for my first two months of tour. Oh and I thought that was so wonderful. That's really cool. I was honored. Absolutely honored. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm honored as well. Um, let's see. Uh, favorite favorite song in the show? <laughs> favorite song. Oh my goodness. It hasn't changed. It is popular. <laughs> okay, folks. You heard it here. From beginning to end. Yes. Popular, popular for sure. You know what though? Thank goodness. is a close second. It's so beautiful. So gorgeous. I love it. Um, favorite tour city? Favorite tour city. Goodness. Okay, can I give a couple? Yes. Is that fair? Yes. I love San Diego. The mm-hmm. weather was just so beautiful. We were there in November one year, and it was just magical. Toronto. Ooh. Love Toronto. Justin Bieber. Yes. Absolutely. It was during the <laughs> summer. It's just a beautiful brunching city. They love brunch there. I love brunch. I love food. I love treats. It was great. And Dallas, believe it or not, just because we spent eight weeks there. We had three weeks of rehearsal and then the five weeks of the show when we remounted um, after the pandemic. And they were just so welcoming and kind. Granted, I think we were just all so happy mm. to be back in a theater. But we had a wonderful experience. Amazing. Um, dream role for the future. Oh, goodness. I love Disney. I love Disney. Maybe a Disney show. Ooh. Maybe a Disney show that's not happened yet. That's right. Who's to say? But I love a Disney princess. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love the way you say, Broadway. Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to see you on Broadway. Broadway. I really, I need to come see you when you're on. Oh my goodness. You're you text very me. kind. You're very kind. Text me, girl. Okay. I will text you. I okay. will text you. If I can be there, I will be. <laughs> you're so you sweet. You know it. Uh, would you pray for us to close? Yes. Would you bless our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you. 
Dear Holy Father, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for this time that I'm able to spend with Amanda Jane. God, we pray that you will continue to give us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Help us to use your words to guide us each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Girl, this has been so fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what a gift you are. This has been so much fun. Oh my gosh. Thanks y'all for joining us this week. That was Allison Bailey. Make sure you follow her on all the things. And if you'd like to, feel free to rate, review, follow us on the pod so that more folks can find out about A Time to Live. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.